Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 80, where we talk about getting good travel insurance. Before we get into the podcast, though, we thought we'd just talk a little bit about ourselves. Every week, this podcast receives thousands of downloads, and thanks to everyone for listening, because we really like it that you listen. But we realise that we've got quite a few new listeners who probably don't have any idea who we are or what we're about. So we thought we'd take a few moments to introduce ourselves. So if you're a regular listener, feel free to press that forward button on your iPod and uh, skip through to the, the main content where we talk about getting good travel insurance. So about us. Well, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. <laughs> As you might have worked out. And uh, we're both Kiwis from New Zealand. We're uh, in our mid-twenties and we've been travelling around for about three years now? Yeah, I've been travelling full-time since February 2006. That's when uh, we'd finally saved up enough to quit our jobs, and we set off around the South Island of New Zealand in a car. It was really good. Then we went back up to Auckland, hopped on a plane to Hong Kong, and headed out to England. And quickly jumped down to Malta. So we spent most of the last two and a half years travelling around in Europe, um, both in the Mediterranean, Central Europe, Western Europe... Eastern Europe, pretty much everywhere you can go without a visa. We didn't get to Scandinavia. Yeah, Yeah. or Iceland. I'm really bitter about Iceland. It's okay, we will get there. Anyway, we've decided to come down to Australia, which is where we are now, and we're just hanging out here for a bit. Yeah, enjoying the summer and saving for next year's plans. Oh, the weather is so much better here than it is in Europe. I mean, we, we just had summer in England, and the spring here is infinitely better than summer there. Um, We started the Indie Travel Podcast in about February 2007? Yeah, we launched the site in November 2006, but actually started podcasting regularly from there, yeah. So it's been going well. And uh, we've just launched the Indie Travel Guides, which is very exciting. Yeah, so these are e-books and audio books that you can download. Our first title is Travelling Europe. It's aimed at beginner travellers, and it's not everything you'd want to know, but everything that's useful that you might want to know about beginning to travel in Europe. And it's really good. Yeah, again, some good reviews. It's only been going a week, so you can find out more about that at IndieTravelGuides.com. In the middle of this year, 2008, we started doing video podcasts as well, and um, some authors came on board to start doing guest posts and articles on the site. So we've been growing slowly but steadily, and it's great to have you with us. Well, I think that's enough about us. Let's get on to some real content. (laughs) Yeah. Last week I spoke with Graeme Kingaby, who's the insurance director at World Nomads Travel Insurance. Uh, We talked about why they're a good choice for travellers looking for travel insurance, and we also talked about a few hints, tips, and ideas to make sure you get the most out of your travel insurance, you don't get ripped off, and uh, you actually get what you claim for. So this week we want to talk about our approach to travel insurance, as well as look at how to find travel insurance and approach making a claim. Finding insurance can be really tough. I mean, there's lots of small print to go through, and any one of those lines could completely negate your entire process, even though they'll quite happily take your money. You can buy it, you just can't claim. Yeah, I really hate that. It's shocking. Yeah. And there's really strange pricing as well. Like, things can jump from maybe $17 a week up to over $100 um, for no apparent reason. Yeah, it looks like you're getting the the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen ads for travel insurance for a year for $15. But then when we go to to get our own insurance, it's $1,000. And we're like, what is going on? Yeah. So 
it's really useful to look at the small print and find out what you're actually getting for that 13 or that 1,000. And if there isn't a difference, you know which one I'd choose. Yeah. Uh, travel insurance is also a bit of a gamble. You know, you're betting so much money that you are going to be robbed or you are going to have health problems against not paying for it and taking the risk of footing the bill yourself if something yeah. untoward does happen. We're not the biggest fans of travel insurance and we tend to avoid it because we figure we'd prefer to just have that money in our pocket and uh, maybe spend that much or a little bit more if something does go wrong because we can't really be bothered with all the hassle of claiming. I mean, we've heard of friends trying to claim and it just be really difficult. That said, we haven't spent a lot of time in places where we're not happy with the medical setup, mm-hmm. so we've never been somewhere where we'd really want to be evacuated rather than being travel, uh, treated in a hospital this there. This is true. And uh, we've never been anywhere that's really expensive to get out of. So these are times when I would consider getting travel insurance. And that said, again, we do do get travel insurance occasionally when we're going somewhere we feel a little bit unsafe. Yeah, we quite often get a one- or two-week policy, uh, especially if we're doing lots of long-haul flights where there's a high chance that our bags are going to go missing. Uh, Or we're going into an area, as Linda said, where we feel unsure, we feel a bit unsafe. And uh, we just want that extra peace of mind. Then again, we've never had to claim, so... Yeah, (laughs) thank God for that. Um, Well, when you're looking at travel insurance, there's different options. You can get a single trip, a multi-trip, or backpackers insurance. As you might expect, a single trip only insures you from your home country out and then back again. Whereas a multi-trip covers you for a period of time, maybe for a year, you can go and come back and go and come back as many times as as you like or as many times as is specified in your policy. That's right. And a backpacker's insurance is normally a a cheaper insurance. It doesn't give you as much money back, so they down what they're they're going to repay to you or what you can claim on, and uh, it's designed for long-haul travel. So, yeah, when you're finding insurance, there's a couple of things that I'd recommend. Um, If you have any questions at all about your coverage, then pick up the phone and ask. And by actually calling them, you'll get a feel for what kind of customer service you might expect if you ever have to make a claim. Yeah, and if it's terrible, you might want to avoid them. (laughs) Yeah, if, uh, if you've got a really good, cheap deal and you think it's brilliant try calling their sales office or their claim line to figure out how long it actually takes to get through. And, um, and that can give you a good indication of customer service. When you call up, make sure you know everything that you need to be covered for, especially how long you're going to be traveling, whether you're going to be going back to your home country during that trip, all sorts of questions like that. Yeah, one thing that I always want to know is, does the policy actually cover true travelers? We don't have an address. Can we get travel insurance? The answer is normally no. No. Um, We're not departing from our home country. Can we get insurance? The answer is normally no. It's really difficult. Quite often insurance policies expect you to go from home, go away for a week and come back again. You can go away for up to a month. But then you have to come back again. And seeing as how we don't have a back again to come back to, it makes it really difficult for us. Yeah, so make sure that your insurance policy um, covers you for what you need it. Must you start and finish in your home country? 
what happens if they um, if the policy expires when you're overseas? Um, I tweeted about this show and asked for advice, and um, the one response I did get about travel insurance was from uh, Achuka, who said, "Don't let travel insurance expire while you're out of your native country. Ask Jay, who's one of our flat flatmates, and she'll know the problem with that. And boy, do we know the problem with that as well." Oh, it would be shocking if something goes wrong and you, you can't claim because you're one day out of your policy. Yeah. If you're not back in your home country, it's normally impossible to extend your policy. They will only insure you from your country, which is ridiculous and backwards and Neanderthalic. Yeah. But it's how they make their money. They're trying to make money. Another uh, thing to think about is do they cover each country you're going to? That's a very important thing. You don't want to turn up in a country, and that's the one country that's excluded from your policy. That's right. And it's more expensive for some countries, um, according to most travel insurers, uh, especially America and Japan, yeah. which have really expensive health care. And if it is more expensive for some countries, can you specify that you're going to be going to that country for one week so that you, you're only covered expensively for a week and more cheaply for the rest of your trip? It yeah. probably save you quite a bit of money. A lot. And um, do they cover flights home in case of emergencies? Can you get um, expedited? What about if your travel company goes broke and the $2,000 airline ticket you're holding is completely worthless? Yes. Um, are you covered then? Yeah, these are all questions that I want to ask when I'm investigating travel insurance. And I also want to know if I'm covered doing adventure sports as well. Because, you know, some days you just wake up and want to go bungee jumping. I don't think that's ever happened to me. No. It does for me. Okay. for me. It might be worth making a list of the things that you want to ask about. For example, the aspects to do with health, the travel aspects, and the uh, lost or stolen luggage aspects. Yeah, indeed. Well, two of our listeners, Chris and Marta, are based in the UK, and they've just priced out their travel insurance for an 11-month around-the-world trip. Um, you can find this write-up at atravelaroundtheworld.com. But shall we quickly go through the policy providers they looked at and the pricing? Yeah, sure. Well, they looked at quite a few different options, which is really good, and it's always a good idea to do that. The first one was STA Travel, and they found that it was going to be £213 for their budget option, or up to £431 each. Yeah. World Nomads gave them £288 each. Columbus was £415 standard, with no cancellation, or £519 each. Wow. That's really expensive. <laughs> yeah. American Express was £444 for a couple, so that's £222 each. Travel insurance, oh, sorry, world travel insurance was 142.99 standard or up to 186.99 for the kind of all-inclusive one. Mm. And the last one they looked at was Insure and Go, which was £137 for the backpacker's bronze package or up to £201 for the gold. Now, this was an 11-month trip, including North America, which, as I said, does raise the prices. And I'm amazed at how different the prices were. I mean, from 137 to 519 each, that's such a, such a range. It is, yeah. But I guess you do get what you pay for. Yeah. Each of these providers had different policies. So they had to kind of trawl through the wording and find out what each thing covered. 
Yeah, um, they said that they originally focused on STA travel and world nomads because they're well-branded and they're really designed for this kind of round-the-world backpacker insurance. Um, But they found them too expensive when comparing them and ended up going for the American Express at £222 each. One thing I asked them was, with world nomads, uh, it's more expensive to insure for America And if they're only going there for three months out of the 11 months, they'd be able to get cheaper cover for all of the time except for when they're in America. Uh, And they didn't price that. They weren't aware of that. So So it might have ended up being about the same as the uh, American Express insurance. Yeah, it would have been cheaper anyway. But yeah, I think you do get what you pay for. And um, so good on them for looking through the policies and matching up what they wanted and what they were happy to pay. So once you've decided on your insurance company, you've got to go ahead and buy the insurance. And you've got to really make sure that you're going to get what you claim. This is the big question, and it's one that really makes us sceptical about getting insurance in the first place. Yeah, so one thing that we do is we try and record every major purchase that we make. And um, obviously as travellers, we're not going to be keeping a folio of paperwork and receipts and such like. So what are we going to do? Well, we keep some receipts, but as a backup, because what if that gets stolen too? If your whole bag gets stolen with your receipts and the items that you've bought all together, then you're screwed. I mean, you don't have any proof that you had that item. Yeah. So what we do is we uh, scan or photograph receipts. We often take a picture of the receipt and the item we've just bought. Mm. And um, so that's stored in our hard drive, but what if the laptop gets stolen? We send an email of the photos to ourselves, so we've got it on one mail server and then we also use Flickr.com to upload the photos now we don't want everyone knowing what we own, that's yeah. real stalkerville, so we use Flickr's private setting which allows you to upload photos into a gallery and um, keep that private so we've got our insurance set which is hidden from public view. Yeah, it just means we have three or four places that we store the information which means if something does get stolen and if we've got insurance, which isn't always the case, then we do have proof that we own that item. Mm. Another thing to do is to try and create believable evidence. At one point, we were carrying around about 15,000 euros in cash. 1,500. Sorry. If right. only. Oh, if only. <laughs> Me and numbers, we're not friends. So what did we do? We went out and bought expensive electronics, which were receivable. Yeah. This That's is a great idea. <laughs> So no one was ever going to believe we were carrying around that much cash. Um, poor backpackers living Why out of Why were we carrying that much cash? Uh, it was the end of a uh, work contract. So we went out and we bought something that people would believe and yep. are still using those iPods today. It's a great yep. excuse. People still couldn't believe that we could afford iPods. But we're like, <laughs> we could afford them three times over. <laughs> Ah, if only. (laughs) One thing you also might want to do is blog about your purchases. Now, I don't know, but it's just another way of creating a claimable, say, like, place of proof. Um, If you've written about how you just got a new computer um, and how you're using it, it's more likely that you'll be believed when you say your new computer got stolen. Then again, don't go into too much detail, because if people know that you've got new stuff and they know where you are, then you might be a target for, you know, people stealing things from you. Yeah. Um, So when we spoke to Graham last week, his main tip was to act as if you are uninsured. 
And I thought that was great, simple advice for helping you to make a claim. If companies can prove you are acting negligently, then they probably won't validate your claim. Yeah, you need to look after your stuff and look after yourself. Don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So these are our main ideas for um, looking at travel insurance and trying to help all of us make good claims. If you've got some ideas, please do come by the comments and um, leave your ideas there, share them with the community and um, help us all out. Don't forget to drop by IndieTravelGuys.com and buy a copy of Craig's new fantastic ebook. Yeah, drip that with a bit more honey. That's nice. That <laughs> it's nice. sweet. It's wonderful. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, before we sign off, I do want to mention a couple of other podcasts, everything-everywhere.com, um, Gary Arndt's site. They're having a competition that's going until the end of December. So I think you should um, head by there and think about entering. And irishfireside.com have been nice to us lately. They're a podcast all about Ireland, and I've been having some great email chats with Corey Taratua, who's one of the hosts. So swing by irishfireside.com and check them out too. Also, don't forget to drop by indietravelpodcast.com and check out the articles page. We've got some really good articles at the moment, especially one by Sherry Ott, which I thought was really good, yeah. How to Become a Vagabond Master. Yeah, it is quite fun. Um, we've also got a poll of the month. We're asking what you want to hear more about on the Indie Travel Podcast. So have your say or drop us a line at mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Our affiliate of the week is World Nomads Travel Insurance. Again, because we're talking about insurance, so it kind of makes sense. It does. If you are getting quotes, please drop by our site first and click through that link. And we get a small percentage. And... Uh, that's nice for us. It keeps the podcast going, pays for the hosting costs, and every three or four months we can afford to buy a coffee. <laughs> we really appreciate it if you do buy things through us. It doesn't cost you any more, but it does give us a little bit of cash. Yeah. Well, until next week. Travel well. <laughs>